Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is November 3rd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day. Staying sane, it's election day here in the United States, uh, once every four years for the president. And very interesting day. Very interesting day. And on this uh, episode of the podcast, it's me and Connor Ryan, which will be happening more regularly. Um, we're not going to get into politics. We keep it. We actually, uh, we, we sent our, uh, we, we obviously gave our, um, our condolences and our thoughts uh, about Travis Roy and his very unfortunate passing this past week. But uh, a lot of the podcast is spent on some good stuff. The 2019 uh, 20 uh, NHL season with the Bruins and how they did. And we reminisce on the good times, the funny times. So hopefully this podcast can sort of be a, a little distraction from all the chaos that will come from today being Tuesday and the week, the days following it. Cause we don't know when we're going to get the election results, whether it be Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, days later, probably. I think uh, there's some States that uh, count votes later. So uh, these next few days are going to be crazy. And hopefully the, the next uh, 30 minutes or so can sort of be, uh, you know, relaxing, kind of a break from everything. Uh, obviously go vote, you know, definitely do that. Hopefully you're listening on your way to voting now. Uh, but definitely, uh, we kind of wanted this, or at least I wanted this to sort of be a little bit of a distraction, uh, from everything going on and you can kind of separate from politics for a bit. Cause I know the next few days are going to be heavy with it. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of Bruins news to cover. I wish there was, uh, you, you're always hoping normally there would be I, every week. I'll say that normally there'd be a lot of Bruins news, but not a lot of Bruins news this week, uh, but still a really fun, really good episode. We're, there were a lot of things Connor brought up that I was like, oh my God, that happened last year? Like, oh my God. Um, but nevertheless, that is the case. The 2019-20 uh, Bruins season we reviewed and we talked about and our favorite moments and everything. So, uh, But before we get into the episode, NFL football continues on this week, which has a few surprise teams at the top of the standings. And you might not be at a game this year. But you can still be on the action at Bet Online. No matter how schedules change or players that play, Bet Online is going to the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great mid-season bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I also, and I said this in the actual show, you can bet on uh, politics, and you've been able to, but 
you know, to maybe if you want to make the election more fun, if you hate both candidates, if you love one of them and really want them to win, or you want to set up a scenario where if you really like one but hate the other, you vote on the or you bet on the one that you hate. So then if they win, you can be like, well, I hate them, but at least I want some money. Uh, I don't know, but uh, definitely do that. Uh, it's a fun time. They also have the uh, 2024 presidential odds, which is crazy. I think Charlie Baker's on there. Deval Patrick's on there. Um, Mark Cuban's on there. There's a lot of crazy people on there. Uh, you know, so, uh, go do that. Go to bet online today and do all that. Or if you want to just stick to sports and bet on football and well, just football, go for it. Go for it. It's your life. You make your decisions. Okay. Then we're, we're a free society. Um, so without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, it's uh, the sun is setting at four o'clock now. We have the dread of the election uh, at our doorstep now. Uh, other than that, all those things, I'm doing swell. How are you doing? Good. It's funny. Dark days are upon us. I was leaving Home Depot with my friends earlier, uh, and I said to them, "I was like, it was." We walked out, and I said, "You know, you'd think it was like you know six thirty, seven o'clock." Sun is setting. It's a beautiful sunset. But I looked at my phone and said, nope, boys, it's 5 p.m. 5 p.m. And it sets before then. We've gone back an hour. So it sets before then. Sunday was like the longest day in history every year. That day feels so long. So it is nice to have that extra hour. But, oh, my God, this these early sunsets are horrible. Horrible. I hate them. It's usually better if you had, you know, hockey or something or uh, a regular, uh, you know, schedule that we're all used to in October and November to, to get used to it. But uh, we're in kind of just a waiting zone right here. So you all, all you really have is just to be miserable with seasonal depression and all that fun stuff. Yes. There's a lot. We said that last episode. I mean, the other thing is like, I think governor Baker imposed a uh, stay at home order again, I believe uh, for 10 PM to like five thirty AM or something. So we can't even go out to places and, you know, celebrate or have fun or, you know, try to, mm-hmm. you know, get away from the sorrows of the real world. Mm-hmm. So we got that to as well, but you know what you listeners, you beat heads have Bruins beat. So that's okay. There you, you go. Know, you, this is your can, yeah. Have a drink, sit back, you know, unless you're driving, then don't yes. um, maybe pull over and have mm-hmm. a sip of coffee. Don't, don't drink as you drive. We don't advocate for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's sort of where we're at in the world. Speaking of sorrows and horrible things that have happened uh, this year. And most recently Travis Roy dying last week. Um, absolutely horrendous. Um, horrific news. I know obviously he's from BU. You went to BU Connor for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to interact with him? Did you interview him? I mean, did you have any interactions with him at all? Um, just kind of, I was able to, I was lucky enough to be able to, um, attend a few of his, uh, speeches that he gave at BU and he would occasionally do one uh, every once in a while to uh, kind of so many different groups. I, I think the one I went to was just like a general uh, kind of just like auditorium. Anyone could go if they wanted to. And that's kind of a, you know, anyone who's known Travis or, or, you know, knows his story knows that, you know, he spent the last, you know, 25 years pretty much doing what he can just to get the word out to, you know, raise money in support of uh, research going into spinal cord injuries to, um, you know, discuss his story. Um, you know, he was, you know, gave uh, motiv- motivational speeches. Um, I mean, you 
you look at read his story and as you know horrific as it is um and you know for a guy like him that has a, a situation like that uh career with so much promise um to end in a, a way like that and to not one not just to be able to have a situation like that and just fight through it and, and move on and and do that but not only that but i think kind of the what I think makes him remarkable and something that like, if I was in that spot, I wouldn't be able to do is just to not be so, you know, friggin' like bitter at the world at everyone to be dealt a hand like that. And to instead, you know, channel that towards all this good that he was able to do all this awareness he was able to raise. I mean, he ha- has an injury like that. He's back at BU the next year pursuing his degree and starts his, you know, the Travis Roy foundation that same year. Like it wasn't like he, you know, graduated college and then was like, all right, well, what, what can I do? Like less than a year after being dealt a hand like that, he's putting in the work to help others, um, which I think is just a testament to everything you need to know about Travis Roy. So um, again, just a, <clears throat> a tragic news uh, that he passed away at, at such a young age, but um I mean, you, you, I think many people around New England, um, know his story, um, know all that he kind of fought for. Um, and I mean, just what a, what a legacy to, to leave, you know, uh, a, a kid like that who kind of had it all, um, you know, it dealt a horrible hand and then, you know, leaves a legacy that meant a lot more than anything he could have do on the, uh, you know, in the hockey rink, right? I mean, just, an incredible person, uh, incredible human. And, um, you know, he's, he's going to be missed because, um, you know, the legacy he left is awfully impressive. Lived a remarkable life. I just, I mean, there's every, every way you draw it, just a remarkable life. Um, and to have, as you said, to have that kind of impact in that situation, I mean, you know, obviously huge impact on people, you know, like us and, 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 and all that, but you just look at, also for people who were in that same situation that Travis was in, giving hope to families, you know, uh, you know, talking to them, helping them through it as well. I mean, you look at that and just the, the impact he had on them alone as well as us. So, um, gonna be missed. Incredible life. Um, deserves to obviously never be forgotten. Won't be forgotten. He will be, totally. he will live in Boston and, and, and the rest of the world's, uh, legacy and, uh, BU, you know, places lit up the, I think, was it the Prudential building? Yeah, lit up true. blue and white for, yeah, uh, for, for Travis. Yeah. So. so there, obviously, you know, just the impact he had was incredible. That's really the word. It was impact or mm-hmm. a life of remarkable impact. Um, and, you know, he will be missed dearly. Uh, and just a, just a great person. I mean, there's really, you, there's so much good you can say about, about Travis Roy. Yeah. I mean, just in, in, incredible impact. Um, but, Again, just another example of how bad 2020 just keeps on getting. Absolutely. It's like, oh my God. Um, and that was unexpected, right? That this was not, or yeah, I hadn't seen was, anything about it at least. Maybe to his family it was expected, but it, yeah, it hadn't I been believe out it was, public. I believe it was complications. So I don't think it was something that was, you know, it obviously had, was impacted by, you know, his accident that he had many years ago it led to it, but it wasn't like a, a thing that was, you know, a couple years out or anything like that. So, I mean, just all around, just tragic. Yes. Tragic is the right word. Um, so we're going to shift gears a little bit to something more positive. Uh, we know that this is election day is today, Tuesday, and we might not know the results until later in the week. We might not know until next week. We might know Wednesday morning, who knows? Uh, but 
I figure instead of sitting here and, you know, hashing out, I don't know, random stuff. I said, let's, let's. I thought, I thought, I thought we were going to do an electoral college map. I already filled mine out. So <laughs> I guess I'll save that. I'll save it for the political pod I also run. So <laughs> yeah, save that for, uh, yeah, save that for poke the bear political mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, as everyone knows, save that for, for later. I, I, you know what? I, I procrastinate. I haven't made my electoral college map yet. Um, at all. What's funny though is with betonline.ag, the sponsor of this podcast, uh, I am going to be betting on the election. They have bet. This is, I, I, I don't have a script in front of me or anything. I'm going to be betting on the election because I think that's a way to make it more fun, make it more like, oh, I can be, you know, let's see mm-hmm. what happens. Uh, let's lose my money and have the person I don't want it in. <laughs> but so be it. Um, do they uh, have like the prop bets? Like if, uh, someone like pours Gatorade over the, the winner or anything like that? Like they do for they, the school? I don't think they have that, but they do have the 2024 election odds, which I find hilarious. Like that is yeah. very early yes. uh, odds to pick people. So, uh, but they all have that. I'm going to be doing it. I think you guys should do it as well. Uh, makes it a little more fun until you lose your money, but it's okay. You'll have fun. Uh, and I don't think you will because you guys uh, are smart people and you're at the right thing, I guess. Um, so we're going to have fun with this. We're going to remember the 2019-20 regular season because I wanted to do this earlier in the off season, but with the off season ending, God knows when, and with free agencies slowed down completely, the trade market has completely slowed down. I figure why not focus on an actually very positive regular season. So this is the the 20 minutes where you can sit back and forget that there's an election going on and all that stuff. You can focus in on good old Bruins 2019-20 hockey, which uh, didn't obviously lead to a Stanley Cup final, but that's okay. Um, so I want to – it's funny. It, it, the season, I think, will get forgotten a lot or by a lot of people um, because of the pandemic, because of the not – playoffs because of the bad postseason or not so great postseason because of Tuku Rask opting out. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I think it'll get forgotten, but as bad as winning the president's trophy can be, they did win the president's trophy. Like they were a wagon during the regular season. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a shame that again, yeah, it's going to lose it's lost a boost based on the fact of how the season ended and all the factors went into it. But as you said, I mean, you know, you can make the argument that come the postseason, you know, the the best team on paper still would win out like Tampa or something like that. But I mean, that's that's a whole argument for another day in terms of, you know, the, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, that situation. But I mean, still, you look back at the season, um, still plenty of plenty of great memories from a team that, again, was clicking for pretty much most of the year. Even like in 2018-19, they kind of were a little bit slow out the gate. Like Rask had a bit of a slow start, and they were, you know, around 500 for, you know, the first couple weeks of the season. Really wasn't a stretch like that this year. I think maybe in, uh, like, December maybe they had a little bit of a of a drop-off, but, like, there really wasn't any extended stretch there where they were kind of lagging behind or anything like that. And they, some of they were kind of playing their best right <laughs> leading up to the, the stoppage in March. So it's funny. I mean, you remember going into last season, a lot of us, myself included thought they were going to have some, somewhat of a Stanley cup hangover. You know, the season ended in late June or mid June, and then they start on the road. They start out West they, with Dallas and uh, they played a bunch of those teams and I remember thinking like, oh, they're going to start out slow. The questions are going to start. Is the team ready? They came out firing. Like yeah. they came out hot first two months. And then I think it was around like end of November, December, as you said, when they got a little bit slower, but they never had a bad stretch. Mm-hmm. They were good the whole season. They overcame injury issues. 
Uh, Rask was spectacular. Halak was great behind him. Like, I mean, they looked like a team on a mission. Like that was the whole thing during the year. Like that looked like a team on a mission to get back to the Stanley Cup final. And again, we can debate whether or not that they would have. We can debate in a regular season, you know, if they might have gone back, if the light, maybe the lightning choke in the first round again, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, things are different. Maybe Nick Ritchie finds some chemistry with someone. Maybe in an alternative universe, Nick Ritchie is like the Bruins hero in the, the, the regular version of the 2019-20 playoffs. Um, but I want to go through some fun moments because there were a lot of great moments, I think, from, from this run. And we can kind of go back and forth. Uh, one of my favorite moments, I would say, from this season or from the – one of the best moments from the Bruins season was uh, – I think it was a December game. It might have been December 1st against Montreal in the Garden – uh, place was packed. People were jumping. They were, you know, they were struggling a tiny bit, but it wasn't that bad. They were, they were still really good. And David Poshnok was off to a hot start on the season and Montreal knows that. And they were hitting them all game. They were physical with them. That was the MO on him. Like just get physical with them. And I forget what period it was, but midway through the game, he comes down on Carey Price and just lasers a slap shot right right overpriced from a crazy angle. I remember seeing that goal and saying that might be the best goal the Bruins score this year. I was, that game, like I always remember it. Cause I, I think it was around maybe the, I want to say it was around the midway point of the game, maybe like early third, but I don't think it was that late, but whenever he had, whenever he scored that goal, right. Like legitimately like a minute before that happened, like David Pasternak was getting knocked around quite a bit in the game, as you said. But other than that, there really wasn't a lot of highlights from the game. Like, it was a really, really, really slow game. So, like, a minute before Pasta scored that goal, I looked over to Ty Anderson, who I sit next to on the, the press box, and I was like, I literally have nothing written down right now. Like, we're, like, two th- <laughs> we're like a th- halfway through the game. There's nothing to take away from this game. And then, like, he just goes down the ice and just uncorks, like, a, a missile past Carey Price, which I think was probably my favorite, probably my favorite goal of the year up there for the, for Bruins at least. Um, and I mean, yeah, that, that was kind of the, the highlight I think in terms of just Pasternak of how much he's, especially when you look at how much he's evolved as a, uh, a scorer, like, you know, he's had that, that good one timer, but to have the confidence just to go down the ice like that against Carey Price and kind of just, it's just rocking a shot like that. Um, especially when like, it's funny if you look back at his like rookie year, a lot of his goals weren't really, um, weren't really like those one time of shots. Like he's done a lot of work in the last couple of years to really work on that shot. Um, and I mean, that's kind of the end result there is to be able to do something like that against Carey Price. So yeah, that game, that game was, was not, I think David Backus scored in that game too. That might've been David Backus's first goal this season. I think like there was, I think it was one of those ones where it was slow. And then in the third period, it all like went off the rails. I think pasta maybe scored again. Or something like that. Like there was, there's a whole bunch of stuff that went on in that game, but that goal from Pasta was unreal. They had a really, they had a lot of games where like it would be slow through the first, you know, 40 minutes or what, whatnot. And then in the final third period, it was just like nuts. Yeah. Uh, they had a lot of those games. Uh, one of those other games to me, uh, was the game. It was it, it, on the schedule. You look at it and you say, Oh, uh, a November game against the wild. Really? <laughs> Like, what? Ew. You know, the mild, you know, it's the Ryan Donato return game. That's what, that's what we all labeled it as. And, uh, they're down four to two with, I think, like two minutes left. They score two in the final, uh, minute or final minute and a half. And then Krug scores that crazy overtime goal. Uh, to me, that might have been the best comeback slash 
game. I, well, like third period at least. I mean, just resilient effort of theirs. Um, mm-hmm. That was the game where we were all kind of like, oh, they should definitely re-sign Krug. I mean, that is like a uh, good example of why. Obviously now we kind of know, you know, we didn't know there would be COVID and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Those were simpler times. But to me, that game sticks out uh, as another one of those like really uh, good games, fun games, well, at least the final, you know, two minutes in overtime. Um, but what would you say, I mean, do you have a game of the year in mind? I mean, what sort of moments stick out to you from this past season? The uh, Minnesota game's up there because that's probably the closest to, I think it was, um, what was the game in 2018-19 where they, they had the, the comeback? Was it against Florida? Panthers, the Panthers. Yeah, uh, yeah, Nola Chari was on the four check. And, yeah, uh, yeah that, that, game was, that game was crazy. So that was, the Wild game was probably the closest one to that in terms of um, just kind of following the same narrative and it ends with, you know, like a, a uh, hysterical uh, defensive effort from Minnesota in which just like oh, yeah. Corey Krug just pots the Red Sea and then ends it with the Frank the Tank Selly, which everyone's like, what is he doing? I'm like, is, is he doing old school? Like, is is that like his callback for, for scoring a goal? So um, that one stands out. I would probably say one of my favorites was um, them playing St. Louis uh, in October. Early in the season, you know that everyone's going to be talking about it as a rematch. And then for like the weekly Neptune, I remember everyone's just like, oh, is, is it going to be any bad blood? And they're like, oh, it's just another game. Oh, it's just another game. Like as we all expected. And then like as soon as the puck drops, Chara just like blasts Sunquist. And like the entire rest of the game, um, you know, I think the Bruins beat him pretty handily. I don't think it was even remotely close. You look at like, the heat maps and the shot shots and stuff like that. I think the Bruins kind of kicked their ass in that game, but he also was like every, after every whistle, there was, you know, a scrum or, or, or uh, you know, it, it was the first time since the, the Stanley cup final that it felt like a playoff game. And for as much as they were like, yeah, well, you know, this is a new season. You could tell as soon as the puck dropped, they wanted to uh, get a little retort in after uh, what went down a few months prior to that. So that one stands out to me. Um, but if I said to say most entertaining, it's kind of the unfortunate part of uh, this whole year, how it ended in that their last home game, I think was probably I my know favorite game say. of the year, was the, the Bruins-Lightning game, which Bruins ended up losing that game, but holy hell. I mean, that was one where, like, me, where I'm doing, like, my live coverage posts, I'm watching the game, I'm also, like, trying really? to, like, get clips for, for Twitter, like, that, like, stretch there in which, like, Tara, was it Sergachev? He, like, eats... Sergeyev's like stick like twenty five yes. feet in the air, all hell breaks loose. Crowley scores when they don't re- even call it at first. There's like five fights breaking out. Um, that game was just absolutely bananas for the like that was. It's a shame that's the last time we're we've seen we're gonna see the garden that packed and like rowdy and it feeling like a play of atmosphere until uh, who knows when. But don't I mean, that, yeah that 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 game was wild. I think that's when the Bruins and Lightning matched up in the playoffs leading up to it. I think everyone was pumped because they thought you were going to get six, seven games like that. And that did not end up working out. But um, again, it's just, you know, you don't want to say it's just a shame that two playoff teams like that didn't get a full kind of series as everyone expected them to, because there's more important things at stake for what 2020 is and all that stuff. But just from a, a pure fan perspective, I mean, if those two teams were kind of at their full strength, um, you know, in a full packed house, in a regular, you know, season playoff slate, then, 
Um, it would have been great, great theater. It didn't work out, but that game was kind of the, the, you know, everything you want in a fun hockey game, all kind of put into one, a lot of scoring fights, all that good stuff. It, it had everything. So the one game I think that might rival that or beat it solely because the Bruins won the game was the, uh, game against the Capitals right before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was like December 22nd or 23rd. Uh, the Bruins put up like five or four or five goals in the first period on Holpe. They, 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 uh, they pulled Holpe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they won like seven to four or something yeah, wild sweet. like that. There were a ton of fights. Tom Wilson and Pasternak, that was when that all started. Uh, there were a bunch of Bruins who got hurt in that game. That was also one yeah. of the games where McAvoy people- got trucked by a rush, right? Yeah. That's, that's when everyone started to say the Bruins need more enforcers. They got it. You know, they got to get bigger. Uh, but that was a game that also stuck out to me and that the garden was nuts. And it's always fun. I think the Bruins always have a good game right before Christmas. Cause they always have the home game, or at least they typically do right. have a home game right before Christmas every year. Uh, that always does well. That was that game. It's funny. You mentioned the live coverage thing and you mentioned the tweeting, the gifts, um, and I think we both agree with this. I don't know if the listeners know this, but the garden Wi-Fi can be very spotty. Yes. Uh, the press Wi-Fi can be very spotty. And I remember the Capitals game, the Wi-Fi was bad, like bad. And we were trying to up- upload videos of the fights and the goals. And it was taking forever. I remember like running around the press box, trying to find like a better signal. I mean, it, like someday it'll get fixed and we'll laugh yeah. at those days. And we'll be like, oh my God, remember when we have to like find a good like yeah. place for Wi-Fi, and you know, someday when there's like universal Wi-Fi or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, people don't understand how stressful it is. I'm not saying it's you know as stressful as you know like brain surgery or something. But yes. it is actually it is. We, I think we, it's probably we, more we, stressful. We, we have to get the content out, man. That's our jobs. It's true. Maybe it is more stressful. Maybe we have a stressful, more of a stressful job than they do. Brain surgeons and, and doctors and all that. Maybe we do <laughs> tweeting gifts, tweeting the content. Oh, for this, them there really is a lot at stake, Evan. A lot at stake. People, people need to understand that. Uh, we tweet, but, we're the only ones that tweet out GIFs or videos of, of Bruins games, not like the actual team or the NHL or literally NHL or, or NHL GIFs, like the actual Twitter account. It's just us. Yes. It's just us. We're the only ones. We, we've cornered the market. No one has ever been like, wow, we should probably do this too. So these two jabronis aren't the only ones. <laughs> we started it. What's great about – I think – like, I think it is essential for beat reporters to tweet gifts because it is so hollow and weird when someone tweets just like what happened without any video. Wow. Cause it's like, you probably saw it. And if you didn't see it, you wouldn't want to just read it. Like you do, like we're in an age where you want to see it's visual. You want to yeah. see it. And I always feel weird when people just tweet like the, that someone scored and that's it. Like yes. we both tweet like that someone scored and then we follow it up with like a, a gif mm-hmm. so you can see it. And I always feel kind of weird when people like just leave it be. And I get that that's live tweeting and stuff, but I feel like gifts are so essential and yeah. videos are so essential to it. Um, and people like us, you know, it's what, it's what we do. It's our little exactly. neck of the woods. Um, we built, built our brand, Evan. We have built our brand. Uh, you a little bit more than me or a lot more than me. You're a little older though. So, you know. Yeah, it's true. Give you that. I'm only 12. So you have a true. lot of years on me. Yeah, no, um, someone, someone listening is like, he's 12? Um, but at any rate, it's funny. Another game that sticks out to me, um, was the mom's trip game. Yes. The, yeah. the bunch of moms, there were a bunch of moms there. I think there were two or three and they won them all. Uh, yes. they were either, there were definitely two. There was one in Nashville mm-hmm. and then the home the, game. The home game, yeah. Who, who was that against? I'm blanking. Um, I don't know what to think of it. 
It was against someone. They played somebody, they but played, they won. They played a hockey game and they won. They played a hockey and they scored more goals than the other team. Cause, and they, the locker room after that game was nuts. Now people always say, you know, oh, is, is Zoom that much different from the locker rooms? And after that game, yes. 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 In any case, yes. But after that game, yes. The moms were in the locker room. Cindy DeBrusque was doing like post-game media availability. Like I think she was kind of drunk too. So it was like, it was hysterical. I mean, it was like awesome. Um, and I think that game stands out to me is, and they were in a slump at that time too. I, yeah, um, that, that was like the, the stretch leading up to that. I think is when they were maybe in kind of the, the dog days of the winter, kind of uh, a little bit of a, a stretch there. And yeah, that Nashville game and then coming back, uh, no, that was, that was, he played that, that someone. Was a cool yeah. <laughs> I but can't they wait played for everyone one, to tweet at this, us. This, this, one like, of, this was the game this they is, played. This is the point, like a podcast with someone in their college screaming at their radio, like, you idiot. <laughs> like, but, it was obviously Team X yeah. or this team. I will look it up at some point because I know I have it right here somewhere. But, um, yes, it's funny. In another part of our job that people, <clears throat> excuse me, don't always understand is during the middle of winter, those games get can get very boring. I mean, the game against the Wild, like that game has the potential to suck. You know, when you see like the Winnipeg Jets come up on the schedule, it's like, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Like that mid-February game against the Jets, you're like, oh man, this is not going to be great. It's moments like that that keep it fresh, that keep oh, it yeah. fun. Uh, it's kind of like the McGregor thing in 2019. Like it was kind of <laughs> like a, you know, added something to the whole experience, even though McGregor is kind of a jackass. Um, at least it was like something to, to kind of go off of. Um, right. but it, it's things like those that keep the season fun. Uh, another one that I thought was, was, uh, pretty funny. Pasternak's four goals against Anaheim. Yes. That was nuts. Really, and that right. was the beginning of the season too. Yeah. That was a, cri- that was kind Four of like, reports. in some ways yeah. I, I would say that kind of, uh, put not Pasternak on the map. You know what? Time out. Time out. The game was against the Jets. Yeah, I I just looked it up. Yeah, I was like, how did you how did you say Winnipeg before? Yeah, it was the Winnipeg Jets. So it was the Winnipeg Jets. It was the Jets who they played because they score. I remember it was a back and forth game. Now I'm remembering it all. Um, that was the game against the Jets. So you yelling in your car at the radio can feel good now, knowing that you we heard you, we heard mm-hmm. you, and now we know. Thank you for the help. It's Winnipeg. Spoke Z was probably like beating his like his car, like <laughs> yeah. hitting it, like or like hitting his earbuds, t- furiously tweeting at both of us that it was the Jets. And You're right. We heard you. We heard you, Z. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the, the thing too is that that game was back in January, which now January 2020 literally feels like friggin' like January 2014. At this point, like it feels so friggin' long ago that like, you don't like. I I I now so lose track of that time. The Bruins should be like three and a half weeks into their season if this was a normal year. Yes. Like Jackson yeah. oh, would probably be called up at this point already. Like we'd have just other stuff to talk about, but alas. It is incredible when you think back to that and it's like, that was this year? Yeah. Like, really? Like that was that happened this year? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um through everything we've been through this year. And it is sad to like, I always say it's bad when you're getting nostalgic about like a few months back mm. rather than like a few years back. Um, cause to me, I mean, that stuff, that stuff seems forever ago yes. and you hope you, you do hope. And one of the things, obviously that there's a million things I hope come back, like, you know, going out to eat normally without masks and sitting near people and going to bars and, you know, club life and all that stuff comes back. But one of the fun things I do hope, and I, I think this will at some point come back is going into locker rooms and talking to players and stuff. 
And the mom's trip thing was the perfect example of why that stuff is so fun and essential and just, you know, good for everyone. And it says you get to talk to these moms who are want to talk about their sons and mm-hmm. are having fun and all that. So, um, that was a very fun, uh, moment of the year there were are there any other moments we haven't touched on that that stick out to you oh i gotta think um let's see here's a couple in terms of the best fight of the year it had to have been uh david krejci fighting joe pavelski remember when that happened yes, yes. like uh like it wasn't like you know i think the best fight the previous year was was it uh charring Uyghur? that was like a a retro like old time oh, yes. fight that was like a heavyweight fight um David Krejci, not not well known as a, a fighter, neither is Joe Pavelski. So when like we look over like the we look over like the over at the ice and he's dropping the gloves, I was like, and that was also I think Nick Ritchie's first game with the Bruins. So I was like, Nick Ritchie's here for only one game. He's already got his his center like, <laughs> dropping the gloves. Like this guy's he's doing it all. If only he scored knew. that game too. Yes. Nick Ritchie so. scored a goal that went off like two people in front of the net, and it was like a shot from like outside the circles I remember it was a weird shot it wasn't mm-hmm. like a skill goal but it, he did score a goal so yes. that was his lone good Bruins moment was his first game and then after that it went right downhill yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I'm pretty sure it was his first if not it was like right after the deadline like it was he had not unpacked his bags yet at that point by the time that happened so uh that that one stood out to me I liked the the first game of the season when like uh, Brett, Rit- talk about how like old, how long this year has felt in terms of like looking back to this previous season. Like the first game of the year, like George W. Bush was there, was hanging out with the Bruins in the locker room. Yes, like, I forgot and, about that. And, like <laughs> Brett Ritchie scored the first goal this season on their first shot, and then like the uh, what was it the LO no the TD Bank graphic behind the ice, yep. and we're, like something went haywire yep. with Nesson, and it like. It <laughs> like just cover the entire screen, like that. That was a, a good way to open the season. They ended up winning that game, right? Yeah, it was. I feel like it was random. It was it was Brett Ritchie and, and Dan Heinen. Dan Heinen, yeah. And, and the goals were in like the first two minutes of the game. Yeah, or like it was very early, and then yeah. they never scored again. That was uh, that was the first game of the season. My God, yep. I forgot about that. I saw you tweet that recently, and I was like, "Holy crap!" That was this year or last year. But wow, I mean, it is that, oh my God, it's just, it, it's tough to think about because it does, it feels like it's been forever. And it's, mm-hmm. it was only, it's a little over a year. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, and the season technically just ended. But yes, George W. Bush dropped the first puck, was in the locker room with them. Mm-hmm. Um, God, that feels like an alternative universe. Yes. Uh, I remember I tweeted the gif of that and a lot of the conservative pundits picked it up. So it was going around like the conservative world. And I was like, oh, I just try to stay away from politics. This is crazy. <laughs> um, this is wild. But, I just do the picture because uh, he's with like Brad Marchand. They're both like dapping each other up. <laughs> yeah. Da- casually dapping up George W. Bush, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I, are there, is there anything else? Are we missing anything from the season that was I mean, I'm you know, sure fun, funny? I'm I mean, sure kinda... there's an absurd amount of stuff that if you look back on. Um, Wasn't there a Nick Ritchie quote or was it Brett Ritchie? Brett who Ritchie. said something about uh, the numbers and he messed up the math. He, I, I have to look up what the quote is, but it was when they were in Washington, I remember. And someone tweeted it out, but it was like, if you give me like a minute, I bet I'd, I can find it. But um, I, I someone recently brought it up to me and I thought it was hysterical. I'd totally forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, 
It was it was without a doubt the the best quote of the year, and for the Bruins as much as people oh here mock- it is I got it I found yes. it I found it Bruins Brett Ritchie it's an eighty two game season we weren't gonna go eighty and three or whatever it was there you go <laughs> Ma- beautiful noted mathematician <laughs> Brett, Brett Ritchie um yeah for uh, for as much as people knock I think uh, NHL players for not being the most quotable bunch or kind of doing the same cliches the Bruins have some pretty good. Uh, pretty good quotes in that room. So they're, they're usually pretty entertaining, but I think, I think that one takes the cake in terms of um, the, the best quote of the year. That was like, what dude? <laughs> what, a, what, a, what, a, what a legacy. It, it's funny. when you look back at like uh, September. And at that point I, I didn't make my prediction for the, who was going to win the cup until the right leading up to the first game of the season. But like, Early September, I was like, you know, they'll be in the picture, conference finals. But, like, you know, you look back to when they opened the year and, like, Bruce Cassidy, his first media availability to us was uh, at their annual golf uh, outing they have. And he was like, yeah, you know, we're top six, you know, we're going to roll in, see if uh, Brett Ritchie fits there or Carson Kuhlman or, or any of these guys. And I look back at it now and, like – the Bruins are in such a better spot now with their forwards. Like, again, I think people are still mad that it's not Taylor Hall or Mike Hoffman or those guys, but you're in a lot better spot than, yeah, you're in a lot better spot than you were uh, a year ago in terms of adding like Smith and Kasha like that. But um, it's, there's just been a whole bunch that's gone between that year and this year, not even taking the long lens of looking at, um, of the whole, COVID and 2020 and all that stuff. I mean, just from how much different the Bruins have been within the span of a year, it's nuts. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. One of my housemates just walked right in uh, as I was recording as we're <laughs> yeah. doing this, but doesn't matter. I uh, thought it was a ghost or something. I thought, I mean, Evan, it's Halloween's over, man. I, I heard someone. Yes, the ghost snuck in and it was, you know, it, they, it was they the were ghost kind of, of Brett Ritchie here to remind us the Brett Ritchie's legacy is a Bruin. It was catching up to me. The Ritchie brothers yes. actually, we, they yes. know we're talking so much crap about them. They came up, you know, they trying to get, you know, demonize me or, or, you know, uh, control me or something. That was like yeah. what they were doing. Um, but yeah, I think we covered the whole season. We, we, we got everything. That's we all got of every it. Yeah. Thing. That's all of it. There's nothing else that's important. Uh, we're but gonna get if so you much do, stuff on Twitter of like you idiots, you don't I, remember this, and like I'm I was sure gonna, gonna say, be a lot that I'm gonna be like, yeah, you're right. I was gonna say if you have anything that you find that we missed, if you found it interesting, if you want to remind us of it, which oh I would wait love wait, you wait. Do. Can, I, can I throw one more in there? Remember throw when, one more in. Remember when uh, the they were on the Bruins were on a penalty kill in the garden and the f- fucking lights went out. Yes, that was, that was yes. hysterical. That was, that was like, insane. the lights went out and I was like, ah, and I literally was just like, what? And just started cracking up. Like how ridiculous that was. And the fact that they're on the PK too makes it even better that it would literally would seem like Sully in charge of like the circuit breakers, just like turned it off for a second. When <laughs> oh, they had a show. Yeah. Your cousin from Boston's got yeah, control exactly, of the lights yeah. and the garden. Or, or, or it's like the, uh, the Buffalo Wild Wings, uh, ad where they want to keep the score going. So they have the guy with the sprinklers <laughs> bring the sprinklers up to stop the guy. It's like, Dan- it was like, uh, Daniel Jones on the Giants, like just falling in yes. open space. That, yes. that was hysterical. There was, there was that. That was a, that was a moment. And there was another time too, I forget what happened, but like either like the, the goal horn went off early or no, no, someone hit the, the Ric Flair woo 
before like the goal went in, and so like in the middle of the game, it just went off, and I just looked over to like Ty and like Joe Haggerty who's next to me, and I'm just like, what? What's going on? Like, who's in charge of this? And, like, I forgot even, about that. It wasn't even like within ten minutes of a goal scored. It was just right in the middle of it. I forgot about that. Yes, and the lights Which- going out. Oh my god, technical difficulties are the best, aren't they? Which also, the whole Ric Flair Woo thing is still the best because everyone who thinks that it's the the PA announcer who does it, there's always yeah. like people who are always like when they announce like there was gonna be an, uh, a new person taking over, they're like, oh, like hope this guy this guy can't do that Woo anymore. I'm like, <laughs> it's it's Ric Flair, guys. That is not that that is not that guy doing that every single time. Can you imagine if you just had to have like that dude do Ric Flair, the Ric Flair? He's got like laryngitis one yeah, night. Exactly, like shit. Like, yeah, I'm like, I was like, what? what? How do you guys not know this? Like, they they play like friggin' Stone Cold Steve Austin like every single like third period, like the, like the the walk-in music, and now like you just don't know Ric Flair. They got the, they 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 have the most consistent woo in the league. The guy yeah. just comes up and that, that guy, guy just to knows what to say. Yeah, <laughs> knows exactly how to prep his voice and uh-huh. say it correctly, so he gets it right every time. Yes, that is that is that. Um, but if you if there is anything else that you guys that we forgot or didn't mention, please feel free to tweet at us because we would love to reminisce on the good times, just like you are um, listening to this. Because there were a lot of great moments this past year. You might forget them, but there were a lot of great moments. Um, and obviously there were great saves. Rask save on uh, Evan Rodriguez at Buffalo was the save of the year. Um, oh, one last thing. One last thing. And this is it. Marshawn missing the puck in the shootout yes. against the Flyers. Yes. That was nuts. Yes. I remember, I, I mean, we, we didn't travel to the game for that. So I remember just looking down at my phone midway through the shootout. And looking up and seeing Marshawn like skating around and Philadelphia celebrating. I was like, wait, what happened? And then he just missed the puck. Like, just missed the puck. Ugh. Yeah. That was, that was a fun one. I think, uh, the rest of the league had a really fun, fun time with that. Gritty on, had on a fun time with that. Yes. That was great for Gritty. If that was awesome Gritty, for Gritty. If you give Gritty that ammo, you know what, you know what's coming. So. Yeah. You're, you never live that one down. No. Marshawn could, could uh, beat the Flyers in the conference final, and that would still be like a thing Gritty would use. It's yes. like you missed the puck in a shootout. And I wouldn't blame him for it. I mean, you know what? Use it. Like, I'd use it too right. uh, if I was Gritty. But uh, at any rate, that is the 2019-20 Bruins season. If you have anything, as I said, please send it our way. Tweet it at us so we can reminisce with you. Uh, Connor, is there anything that you'd like to plug before I let you go? Yeah, so the electoral map uh, is done, so I'll be running through that. Or, no, I'm, I'm just yeah. fucking around. Um, I'm, I'm PSJ. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Everyone's been waiting for the Connor Ryan exclusive electoral map that's been uh, has extensive polling for it. Uh, so you're getting uh, that at BSJ. Yeah, what well, we will have at BSJ, uh, we'll, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff throughout the week. Um, I think I'm going to take a, a stab at the Bruins prospects, and I think I'm going to do a, a top 20 ranking. So as I think everyone knows, kind of the – the big names, right, in terms of, like, the Sidnikas and the Beaches and all those guys. But I think if you do a top 20, you can kind of get into the weeds a little bit and view some of these guys who either maybe in Europe, in college, who could be kind of on the rise up through the system. So I'll be looking at that this week. Um, so you can find that over at BSJ, bostonsportsjournal.com. Uh, subscribe there. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that by following me at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Do all that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brunsby listeners, stay sane and have a great rest of your week. Mm-hmm.